helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one way to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. These words to Congress from President Harry S. Truman should send chills down your spine. Look at the news and what do you see? The FBI and Department of Justice working with social media to suppress what they call disinformation. The suppression of demonstrations, not because of their violence, but because of their political agenda. Doctors and pharmacists having their licenses threatened for proposing treatments that work, but are disfavored by the bureaucracies. Let's not forget the arrest and prosecution of those who oppose the current administration. The United States government has committed itself to the principle of silencing their opposition. How long, how long before their repressive measures become a source of terror to all of us? Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, when I saw that quote, like I said, it sent chills down my spine, and I, I knew I had to bring it to you, and I had to do an episode where we looked at this. It, uh, that This idea of a government that has committed itself, committed itself to the suppression of its opposition, to the silencing of voices that disagree. Sure, sometimes it's simple things like uh, uh, giving people bad names, right? Uh, you're a member, you're a right-wing militia, or, or you're, just, you're just homophobic, or you're racist, or you're transphobic, that has grown into the actual suppression of ideas that contradict uh, the current administration. And again, I say government because it's not simply the Biden administration. We saw it during the Trump administration, where the bureaucracy in the very executive branch that the president is the head of worked against him to uh, uh, to suppress his ideas, to, to suppress the, the agenda that people had voted for. And how many people now are sitting in fear? Fear because of what might happen. People wore masks and are being asked to wear masks again because they're afraid of what happens from government if they don't. Doctors abandoned medicine in order to follow the rules of the bureaucracy. And we've seen people jailed for questioning with manly vigor the unconstitutional acts of others. I had a comment uh, just today. I, I was answering this comment, uh, and it well, actually it was just the other day. But the, um, the, the person commented saying, uh, someone cannot merely decide that something is unconstitutional for themselves and ignore it. They can't simply ignore a law because they believe it's unconstitutional. I said, absolutely they can, as long as they do two things. 
one, they have proof that the law is unconstitutional, and two, that they're willing to suffer the consequences if the court doesn't agree. See, that's part of the fear that has been instilled. Now, I've got to, I want to get into this, to this idea more, and I want to look at some recent examples, but I want to start actually with something a little different. Now, I, I, when, when the, uh, the news came out about the, the mother and two children who drowned in the Rio Grande River, and immediately it was like, oh, see, Governor Abbott did this. He prevented uh, border uh, customs and border patrol. He prevented them from going in and saving these poor people. Oh, my God, you know, isn't, uh, um, isn't, isn't the uh, Governor Abbott just evil? You know what? This smelled just as bad as the old Whipgate. You remember Whipgate? The, uh, the allegation that uh, Customs and Border Patrol were whipping people entering this country illegally because they had a photograph of a BCP officer um, uh, or a CBP officer riding you know, on a horseback with, with Western reins and, and, oh my God, he's whipping people with them. Yeah, it was a lie. And as I forget who was said it, you know, a lie will travel around the world before the truth gets its pants on. Well, we have another example of this. We have another example of, oh my God, the uh, the current whipping boy, uh, Governor Abbott, and the fact that um, he, he stood up. He says, Texas, no, we are not sitting around while the government destroys our state uh, and said, if the, if the federal government won't do it, we will. And by the way, stay out of our way. Well, apparently a, a new legal filing has been found that... Uh, gives gives the lie to the claim that um, the state of Texas prevented the good and loving dear leaders people in the uh, uh, border patrol from saving these migrants. In this legal filing, we read, on January 12, 2024, at approximately 9 p.m., Mexican officials advised border patrol of two migrants in distress on the U.S. side of the river in the area near Shelby Park, the Shelby Park boat ramp. Mexican officials also informed Border Patrol that three migrants, one woman and two children, had drowned at approximately 8 p.m. in the same area. An acting supervisory Border Patrol agent went to Shelby Park entrance gate and informed the guardsmen of the, from the National Guard, the Texas National Guard, stationed there of the drowned migrants and the migrants in distress. Speaking through the closed gate, the guardsmen refused to let the acting supervisor enter because they had or been ordered not to allow Border Patrol access to the park. The following day, Mexican officials confirmed to Border Patrol that the two migrants who Mexican officials had reported were in distress on the U.S. side had attempted to return to Mexico and were rescued by the Mex by Mexican government airboat while suffering from hyperthermia. Mexican officials also confirmed that they had recovered the bodies of three drowned migrants and had rescued two additional migrants who had attempted to cross that night. So claiming that, the, oh, you know, see the, the, the Texas, see the, that Texas guards, they wouldn't let Border Patrol in. Except, did you notice the timeline? See, according to Mexican officials, the woman and two children died at 8 p.m. that night. At 9 p.m., they told Border Patrol that the migrants were in distress and that two people had already drowned. Now, let me ask you, 8 p.m., 9 p.m., which is later? 
if this if this poor family and again it's a tragedy a mother and children drowned that is a tragedy but if border patrol didn't learn about it until at least an hour after it happened how are they supposed to save them see this is the uh, again this is just another attack on political opponents oh here's a tennessee national guard uh here's a guardman a someone guarding the gate saying no you can't come in so can we twist this into making them look bad and that is the state of this country you cannot believe what the news media says in fact uh to to it's the same state as jefferson referred to the newspaper when Th thomas jefferson when he said nothing can now be believed which is which is seen in a newspaper truth itself becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle the very idea that it came from the news means i don't trust it and again we now have court files. The, the, by the way these court filings these court filings were made by the department of justice so the whole dhs narrative which by the way was picked up by the media and ran full bore well, the very DOJ filings with the Supreme Court show the lie to that. See, but that, that's, a, that's, that's a narrative. And, and the very fact that the narrative is getting out, listen, I'm curious. Um, how many of you saw or, or, or saw somewhere in the media, read it, heard it, uh, watched it, about the claim that uh, Texas National Guard had prevented Border Patrol from saving this uh this mother and two children and then how much how many of you have seen the retraction or the 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 a, a statement saying that dhs's narrative was false that there's uh, the department of justice has filed papers with the supreme court that show that what dhs was saying was false see that's a big problem the lie gets spread but the truth not so much it's one reason why i don't trust the media it's it's one of the reasons why i don't uh you know i i trust but verify i have a few sources that i give some, that have earned some of my trust but even then i verify because nothing can be believed which is shown in the media truth itself becomes suspicious by entering that polluted vehicle so let's look at some more examples of of suppressing op political opposition in in trumbull county ohio one nikki french co was arrested in the middle of the july 7th 2022 county meeting for disruption after she repeatedly interrupted then clerk paula viovda clots Viovda Klotz, at least according to uh, news outlets. Now, Ms. Frenchko was making allegations about medical care uh, in, in the, the county jail. And specifically, she criticized the sheriff for his response to these allegations. And this, is, by the way, is on a Facebook video, according to uh, the Daily Caller. I don't have Facebook, so I didn't go searching. But what's interesting is, we we see in the in the video someone say you're talking about the chief law enforcement officer of Trumbull County. It's unacceptable. Why? Why is it unacceptable to criticize 
the chief law enforcement officer. Remember, I've been to my sheriff. I've talked with my sheriff. I made a point of wanting to know if my sheriff was a constitutionally sound sheriff. And if he wasn't, by the way, I was certainly going to criticize him. Now, French Co., who, by the way, was the only Republican on the Trump on the board of three, uh, uh, the board of commissioners for Trumbull County. There's three member board, and she was charged with preventing or disrupting a lawful meeting under Ohio law. Uh, French Co. then uh, filed a civil lawsuit alleging a violation of her rights. the The case was heard by U.S. District Judge J. Philip Calabrese. Uh, actually, I love that name. My grandfather was from Calabrese, Italy. So, uh, but he he heard the case. And, uh, and and decided that uh, yeah, Trumbull County committee, the Trumbull County had uh, violated Ms. Frenchko's First and Fourth Amendment rights. He said, "Here in America, we do not arrest our political opponents." That particular quote caught my attention, because while you would think that was the case, there is mounting evidence that that is not true. Look at the number of people who merely attended the January 6th uh, rally that have been arrested and held for and some of them for years, even those who are charged with actual crimes, something more serious than, oh, trespassing, who have spent years now in jail with accusations of, of, let's just say, cruel and unusual punishment. How about the the uh, arresting and and prosecution of um, people <laughs> of Donald Trump? How about the arresting and prosecution of people who simply weren't with Trump, who were on the Trump campaign, or uh, even after it was proven that the five year allegation that Trump colluded with Russia was a hoax? That that the 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 quote unquote evidence was actually a position paper. Take put it out by the DNC and Hillary Clinton. But yet, Trump is still dealing with the arrests. We still have arrests of, of uh, pro-life uh, 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 demonstrators simply for, basically for being pro-life demonstrators. We have the, uh, the, the allegations against everyday business people for not wanting to promote agendas they, dis- they disagree with. See, I would say, well, I, I believe the, the aspirations of the judge that here in America we do not arrest our political opponents, well, doesn't pass the reality test. More and more here in America, yes, we do arrest our political opponents. We do deny them their rights simply because they're our political opponents. We label them domestic violent or potential domestic violent extremists because they're Again, pro-life or or devoutly Roman Catholic and believe in a traditional Latin mass, or simply want to say, you know what? There was fraud. There was there were problems in this in a previous election. And of course, if the Democrat won, well, suddenly you're now an insurrectionist for pointing that out and seeking a redress of that grievance in front of your representation in Congress. I love the thought, Judge Calabrese. But I think if you look around, well, here we do arrest our political opponents. 
here's where my previous comment I want to point back to, who says, you can't simply decide for yourself that something is unconstitutional and ignore it. That's the problem. So you can. Now, granted, if you do it alone, chances are you're going to suffer consequences. Too often I see people without actual proof of the unconstitutionality, without the, the foundation to express such a statement and, and prove their point, they run out there and make these judgments and suffer consequences. No, you should be able to prove that something's unconstitutional. Prove your point and then be willing to suffer the consequences. I used the example of a book fair in March of 2020 in a neighboring county that had implemented a mask mandate, which was illegal and void. And when the uh, the coordinator warned me about that, I told him it was illegal and void. But the difference was I had proof. I had papers where I quoted the Constitution. I quoted U.S. law. I quoted our founding fathers. And I proved not only were these mask mandates void, but that the attempt to deprive me of my liberty and my property based on an ordinance that was not legally valid was itself a crime. Was I willing to suffer the consequences if the police show up? Yes. The question is, will the American people start being, be willing to suffer the consequences to stand up for the supreme law of the land? It's one of the reasons why I suggest that you go to AmericaOutloud.news every day. Find this information, but then do more. Make sure you do your research and you can show when something's unconstitutional. Find the stories and the articles that give you that information. Listen to the podcast, watch the videos, and then check their facts and build the, the, the content you need so that when someone says you must follow some unconstitutional law or ordinance or regulations, you can show why it's not valid. And then take that information and share it. There's a reason why I keep repeating that story about the book fair, because that's information you can use and you can hopefully share it. And it's the act of informing others, of sharing this information that'll help us all secure the blessings of liberty. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. 
check out americaoutloud.shop. Look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoined the Constitution study. Today we're talking about arresting political opponents. In the first segment, I, I, I used a couple of examples, one uh, in, in from Ohio uh, and, and others, but I want to jump right back in because I mentioned the uh, legal issues that uh, that President Trump is currently going through and the how some of these, the allegations just don't pass the smell test, but there's more. Now, one of these is a Florida case regarding his Trump's handling of classified documents. Now, there's a lot wrong with this case. Everything from, um, you know, when he was president, did he declassify the documents before he took them home? Uh, the fact that, well, pretty much every president in modern history has had unclassified documents after they left, and usually they get weeded out and returned, and and that, you know, the Trump... Uh, Trump was cooperating with the National Archives to sort through and return the documents that they should have. It, it, not to mention the fact that not only did Biden have information, have documents that he received, both while vice president and senator, meaning he didn't have class, the classification authority over them, but um, they were stored in a much less secure area in multiple different locations. And uh, gee, nothing's been done to him. But then this little critter popped up. See, the Trump's legal team uh, um, filed in his Florida case um, an interesting point. They claim that they have obtained heavily redacted documents through a Freedom of Information Act, revealing that politically motivated operatives, I'm sorry, quote, politically motivated operatives in the Biden administration and the National Archives and Records Administration have been involved in pushing this document probe since 2021. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. One is, wait a second, you're telling me that the Biden administration is pushing this this prosecution? Doesn't surprise me one little bit. That the National Archives is also pushing it. Um, Doesn't really surprise, wouldn't really surprise me that much either. And that to me is an issue. It, 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 It is an issue, absolutely. But there's another point here. See, there's a fundamental point of due process that the accused um, should have access to all the uh, the prosecution's evidence, including and especially what's called exculpatory evidence. 
Now, if there is information that says that the prosecution is being pushed with political motivation, and there's documentation of that, well, that was certainly, I would consider, exculpatory information. It's why Trump's lawyers have asked the judge to require Prosecutor Smith to produce any additional evidence of bias and political animus. Now, that's going to be interesting, right? Because A, this should have been done beforehand. This is part of discovery. Um, and if, if Mr. Smith has violated discovery, in other words, he has not provided information, that should destroy the case right there. Now, do I expect, do I expect that, that, uh, uh, the Justice Department, the special counsel's office has been less than forthcoming with discovery? Possibly. Wouldn't, again, wouldn't surprise me. Do I expect the judge to, um, to, to order the special counsel's office to produce this information in an unredacted form? Not sure. But if this is true, and there's a but, right? These are allegations so far. If this is true, if there's documentation that the Biden administration and the National Archives have been involved in the promotion, in, in the question, what does it mean to be involved in the pushing of the, of the probe? Was it done for political reasons, right? If, if, if this was, hey, we have a law here and we are investigating it, well, that would be pushing the document probe, but not necessarily for political reasons. That's the big question, right? Is, is, um, are the Trump attorneys just trying to find this a, a, a way to bolster their case or is there actual malfeasance? We're going to have to wait and see. Why? Well, see, this was published in the media, which means, I don't trust it <laughs> because nothing can be believed that is seen in the media. Now, I, 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 Daily Signal, they do a pretty good job. But just because a, a, an attorney says they have evidence, they have something here, doesn't necessarily mean that, it, that, that they actually have um, evidence and that the evidence actually says what they say it says. Remember, these are attorneys. And attorneys generally are trying to um, they're, they're trying to fulfill their, their, they're supporting their client, whether that be the, the, the defendant in this case or the United States in the case of, of the special counsel. Now, in the case up in New York, uh, remember there was a, a gag order issued, um, against, uh, President Trump. Now, where's this all start? Uh, on the second day of the trial, back in October, President Trump made a social media post about the judge's principal law clerk. And uh, the judge was none too happy about it. Therefore, he issued an order prohibiting parties from making any public statements about the judge's staff. And he's even fined $15,000. Uh, uh, Trump has been fined $15,000 after two incidents that the judge deemed violated this order. Now, Donald Trump, of course, uh, challenged that order. And uh, that challenge went to the New York State Court of Appeals, because this is a state case. The New York case is a state case, not a federal case. So it went to the New York State uh, uh, Court of Appeals, and on January 16th, they opined, um, on the court's own motion, appeal dismissed without cost upon the ground that no substantial constitutional question is directly involved. Motion for a stay dismissed as academic. 
So the court has decided that, wait a second, there is no constitute, no substantial constitutional ground involved in the case. Now, I find that very interesting because, again, this is a state issue, and the Constitution of the state of New York, under Article 1, Section 8, says, Every citizen may freely speak, write, and publish his or her sentiments on all subjects, being responsible for the abuse of that right. So here's the question. Um, did Donald Trump lie when he expressed these, when he made those posts? Did, did he defame or slander the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the clerk? Or did he simply piss off the judge? See, that's the question. It, it, it's one thing to say, uh, uh, again, now, if, if he committed slander, well, then charge him with slander or, or, or sue him for slander or, or defamation. But if all he did was speak his opinion freely to, to publish it on social media, and that happens to have make make you know not not be flattering to the court, well, that's just too darn bad. And for the court, for the again, but again, for the court to say, listen, there's no constitutional issue here. What about the constitutional issue of freedom of speech? You're, you're telling me that that someone under that is is currently being tried does not have freedom of speech even before they're convicted? Again, this is, uh, but that, that's what happens. See, you, we, uh, I believe part of this, and again, I, I don't really have a lot of proof, but the very idea that says freedom of speech doesn't matter, it, is it because he is being tried in a, New York court, in a New York court and they believe that the judge can rule however, can issue gag orders on whoever they want, that he can de de deny people the right any right in the, in his court that they wish, or is it just, just a political opponent? And uh, well, we're not exactly gonna gonna worry too much about his rights because let's face it, it's Donald Trump, and we all know that Donald Trump is Hitler, right? Now let's show you some more. So uh, the the committee uh, on the weaponization of government has issued a press release. They claim that they have documentation that the federal government has asked banks to flag transactions with terms like MAGA or Trump. Right, so banks and other financial institutions. If you donated to a, a group, a MAGA group or a Trump group, your transaction got flagged. Uh, if, you, if you shopped at stores like Cabela's or Dick's Sporting Goods, or if you purchased some religious text like the Bible, your transactions also got flagged. I guess we don't worry too much about the Fourth Amendment anymore, right? This is an unreasonable search. It is the definition of a general search, an unreasonable search. And um, I'm curious, how did the federal government get access to this data? Did they actually get a warrant to search for such things? Or do they simply go to, the, to these large banks and say, hey, turn it over. If you know what's good for you, turn it over. They may not have done so overtly, but I would not be surprised if they did so covertly. How could this not be considered a government committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition? If you're telling me that the actors of the federal government, on their own recognizance, without any uh, uh, probable cause, start flagging information like MAGA, or Trump, or you bought a Bible. Really, they're flagging if you bought a Bible? 
is, is purchasing religious text now considered probable cause that you're that you are dangerous, that you're someone that needs to be watched and tracked? Can, can, can just show me where that makes any sense. Oh, I know where it makes any sense. It makes sense in a country that has committed itself to suppressing information, it, it's political opposition, including those who believe in, oh, I don't know, God, uh, uh, that, that we have unalienable rights endowed by our creator, that, that we have those rights that supersede government and their powers and, and, and abilities. The very idea that we, the people, created the federal government, not the other way around, as expressed in the preamble to the Constitution. That we, the people, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America, which created the three branches of the federal government. What does life look like when that becomes our standard? When we head down this path of increasingly repressive measures to the point where going to a store to buy a Bible or a sporting goods store that sells firearms, or simply donating to a, a an organization, or having a transaction that involves a word, a, a MAGA or Trump, that, that involves a word of a political opponent, is now flagged by the federal government to be used against you. Tell me that doesn't lead to fear. How many people will... In fear, not donate, not spend money, because it might get flagged. How many people will not perform certain functions because it might get flagged, and you might be tra tracked down later by some up-armored uh, uh, Department of Justice squad coming heavily armed and, and armored because, well, you donated to MAGA. You know, at one point in this country, as evil and vile as they were, we allowed the Ku Klux Klan to march so we could see just how evil and vile they were. Today, now, if you even think about voting for Trump or, or believing in the Bible, well, you have to be watched. Fourth Amendment? Nah, we don't worry about any Fourth Amendment because we can use whatever repressive message we need. We, because we've instilled in people the fear. If you question a rule or a law of government, if you question its constitutionality, you're not allowed to. As that one commenter mentioned, says, you can't do that. Yes, I can. All I need to be able to do is willing to suffer the consequences if it doesn't work out my way. Not even if I'm wrong, because we've already seen judges that ignore the Constitution left, right, and center. I talk about them all the time. At least I do on the website and all the articles I publish. I talk about it all the time. The question is, are you willing to suffer the consequences? Or will you simply roll over and live in fear while these entities, these organizations, destroy your liberty? You know, here we often talk about the blessings of liberty, but what good are the, do we really have the blessings of liberty if we're too afraid to exercise them? Do you have freedom of speech if you're afraid to do to use it because someone might call you a name? Are you, you're afraid to speak up against a an elected official like oh a sheriff because you might get 
charged. You're, you're afraid to demonstrate, to seek a redress in front of Congress because you may be declared an insurrectionist. We're seeing what happens, and those those the January sixth, the both the what's happening to the people who demonstrated, what's happening to Trump, have one very common important component. They are meant to instill fear on the rest of the population to prevent them from doing something like that again. They want everyone to live in fear of challenging what the government says is true. Why do you think state uh, uh, health departments have threatened the licenses of doctors who point out things like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or just vitamin D help with COVID? That mention things like, oh, you know what? Uh, vaccinated people shed. They shed the spike protein. That, 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 that there are people suffering long-term consequences from, uh, uh, from that protein. I wonder if they're going to come over, come after the wellness company one day. See, they've developed a product called Spike Support that whether you're vaccinated or not can help uh, protect you from the inflammatory and toxic effects of the spike protein. Now, the wellness companies developed this. They have, it's, it's backed by documented research. It's vetted by the, medical, the chief medical board of the wellness company. As an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off of all products and off of your first month of membership. Just use the code OUTLOUD. If you want details, go to americaoutloud.shop. So please check out the wellness company. If you're worried about the spike protein, check out their spike support product. But be sure you go to americaoutloud.shop to find details and discounts that you can use for supporting us here at America Out Loud Talk Radio. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix Rx throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix Rx banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place 
where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution Study. Today, we're talking about arresting our political opponents. Now, let's back up a little bit because we have focused an awful lot on, well, say, Democratic operatives attacking Republicans. Let's look at a possibility of something going the other way around. Now, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, um, is is uh, been charged with um, lying on a federal document. There's when when you go to purchase a firearm, there's a form you fill out it's called a 4473, and they use it for the background check. And one of the questions that's on that check is, uh, are you addicted or do you use drugs, including marijuana? Now, when young Biden filled this form out, he said, no, uh, that was a lie. That was perjury. And uh, uh, that's the crime he's being uh, uh, he's being charged with. Now, what's interesting is their defense. One of the defenses they used was, listen, under the, the Second Amendment, as the uh, the Supreme Court recently found in in the Bruin decision, uh, this is a you know the the right to keep and bear arms is a fundamental right. Therefore, uh, I cannot be deprived of it simply because I misstated something on a federal form. Now they they referenced a recent court opinion uh, involving a a man from Mississippi who was convicted of violating the very same law because while he was a user of marijuana. He also owned a gun. Well, there's a kind of a bit of a problem there. Now, again, the whole process of, of background checks and the constitutionality of them, um, I have some issues with. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I, I'm, I'm specifically looking at this, this idea of um, does Hunter Biden, ha- uh, uh, is he being treated differently because of his last name? And in this case, I, I, I can't really say that he is because the, the court looked at this and said, listen, our, and actually, uh, uh, according to the, the prosecutions, the prosecution says, uh, Anglo-American law has long recognized that the government may disarm those who, by their conduct or characteristic, present an increased risk to public safety if they possess a firearm. Okay, but here's the problem that I'm dealing with with this case, and that is before you be deprived of the right, the property you have, and the right to keep and bear arms, there must be due process, which apparently that's what's going, what's supposed to be happening now, and that is the the process of did uh, young Mr. Biden um, violate the law, young, he's, yeah, he's in his 50s, uh, but did he violate the law? Did he lie in a form? Was the asking of the former question? I'm not seeing a a disparate treatment of Mr. Biden at this point. I am, however, seeing it at the Department of Justice. 
See, recently, the Department of Justice finally acknowledged that the infamous Hunter Biden laptop and the data it contained is real. They, they filed a, 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 a something in a court, DOJ did, um, and this, this had to do with the firearms charge we were talking about, that uh, guess what? They Not only did they know that they, um, the data on Biden's laptop was legitimate, they knew it all the way before the 2020 election. Now, as being reported in these, these DOJ court filings, the, the, they describe how both the IRS and FBI investigators obtained search warrants for tax violations on Hunter Biden. Now, these, this is not the gun case. These are the, this is the tax case. And that as part of that, they received backups of various data accounts. But they also show how investigators came into possession of the laptop that Biden had previously left at a computer store that they had already obtained this data, a lot of this data from Apple. So when they received the Biden laptop, it was a simple matter of comparing. Does the data they received from Apple match the data on the laptop? The answer seemed to be, uh, yeah, it, it did. So very interestingly, as we approach the 2020 election, as Hunter Biden's father, is in the midst of an election campaign where the disclosure of some of the problems with his son, rightly or wrongly, could certainly impact the, uh, the, Mr. Biden's campaign. It is apparent that the Department of Justice decided to, oh, I don't know, suppress that information. Yeah, actually say that, that, that uh, um, they, they, they wouldn't confirm that the information was correct. Now, it gets even more interesting because then we have the letter from the 50-plus former intelligence officials claiming that the content on Biden's laptop was Russian. It looked like Russian disinformation, like a, an, informa a, a, an information op. Now, what's interesting is that uh, um, I find that very interesting. If, if the IRS and the FBI said, here's the data from Apple, that we got from his backups. Here's the data on the laptop. They look the same. Oh, that's a Russian disinformation op. In other words, we see the Department of Justice. We see the IRS. We see a group of intelligence officials lying, or at least holding back data, in order to, quote unquote, not impact the 2020 election by doing so actually impact the 2020 election. Did anyone else find that interesting? And now, four years later, they go, oh, you know what? That inf The laptop, the laptop is real. Four years. Have you heard the saying, justice delayed is justice denied? When, uh, was it uh, Gallup did the poll in swing states? and found that in those swing states, 17% uh, of people who voted for Biden said they would have voted differently if they had known about the Hunter Biden laptop. You know, the, 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 the information that was suppressed by much of the media. Remember, the New York Post had this information, and both social and commercial media suppressed it. They, re they refused to show 
the to talk about it on their on their media. Now, that may not be the arresting of a political opponent, but it certainly does fall under the realm of suppressing information. It certainly falls under the realm of silencing the voice of the opposition. Certainly does lead us to believe that uh, we may be in danger, that we may fear our government. Now, it's interesting. I've yet to find proof of this quote, but I've, I've seen a lot of people use it when they, when, uh, they claim that Jefferson said, um, when the government fears the people, there's liberty. When people fear the government, that, that's tyranny. Sounds like we're dealing with a lot of tyranny right about now. Because again, four years later, four years of media saying, saying that this is all lies, disinformation, and a hoax when it was true. And then we have the Russiagate, four years of the Russiagate of people saying it's true when it was actually a, a hoax. It was actually not Russian information. It was Hillary Clinton and, and DNC-based information. Brings me back to, that, to, the, to the Jefferson, right? You cannot believe what's in the media. It's why I tell people that you need to trust but verify. It's why my boot camp at the um, at at the, the the Patriots program, the very first thing we do is is talk about how do you establish what is true. We use four simple rules or four simple things to do that. Recognize it's only an opinion until there's proof. I cannot tell you how many times people tell me something is true, and when I ask them for any evidence, they clam up. So it's only an opinion until it's true. An expert opinion is only an opinion until they provide true proof. Right? It's only an opinion until it's proof. An expert opinion is only an opinion until there's proof. Original sources. Number three, original sources. Always look to either to the original source or as close to it as you can get. People often ask me why I use Webster's 1828 Dictionary so much. Because it's the closest I can find to the, to the um, founder's era from someone who was trusted by the founders to edit documents but will include whatever variations of the meaning of words that the founders would have actually used. And then fourth, and, and final, but very important, check your facts. You do need to go out and check your facts. You might be wrong. And it's, I do that because truth itself has become suspicious. We don't know what is true. Most of us, we glom onto something that we think to be true and we know it to be true, but that doesn't make it true. And a lot of that comes, I believe, is, is a feedback loop. So as governments try to, uh, or I should say as our government, yeah, governments try to um, silence the opposition, there are those who both say, see, this is not true because the government says so. But there are also those that say, well, it must be true because the government says it's not. It's why we need to learn to verify our own data. It's why when the person told me you cannot decide for yourself it's unconstitutional and disregard the law, yes, you can, but you're going to suffer the consequences. You've got to be ready for that. But what did I say? I said, you must have proof. You can't simply claim it's unconstitutional. You need proof that it is. 
And that's what we try to do here at the Constitution Study, is help expose you to this information, help you read and study the Constitution so you can learn it for yourself, help you develop those tools so you can provide the proof for you and whatever organization you're a part of. That's what's unique about the Patriots program. It's not about creating a new group. It's about training people to help whatever group they're working with or whatever movement they're participating in. Help them do it better. So I want to go back to the uh, Harry Truman quote I opened with. Once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one way to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a, a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I've laid out a bit of evidence that that is the state of our country. That the federal government and many state governments are committed to silencing opposition. Call it disinformation, call it misinformation, call it uh, you know, a Russian hoax. They're committed to silencing the opposition. The question is, what are we going to do? You see, uh, the United States is, is unique in many ways. And that is, as a republic, we elect people to represent us. Yes, they're limited by their constitution. But if the government is committed to this principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it is because we, the people, have allowed them, allowed people who believe in that, to hold positions of office, positions of trust. See, every government position is a position of trust, whether they're elected or appointed. The question is, do you trust the people who represent you? Not just in D.C., not just in the, in the House and the Senate, in your state, in your county, in your cities and towns. Do you trust them? They hold offices of trust. Do you trust them? If not, why do you keep hiring them? If they are appointing bureaucrats, are they doing so in fulfillment of their oath to support the Constitution of the state and of the United States? If not, why do you trust them? If you answer this question the way most people do, how can you tell when a politician is lying? Most people answer their lips are moving. Then how can you trust them? How can you put them in an office of trust if you don't trust them? If you know they're lying to you? I find it interesting in the Constitution, they talk about offices of trust and profit, or profit and trust, right? You wonder why people enter Congress middle class and exit extremely rich because that's an office of profit now how much of that profit is legitimate or not is a whole other question but if the government is committed to this principle of silencing the opposition it's because we the people tolerate it we hire them they are our employees they are our servants public servants if we don't want this principle of silencing the opposition to continue, then we need to stop hiring people who apply the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, regardless of the party. I don't care if it's donkeys. I don't care if it's elephants. I don't care if it's little green men. If we 
wish to be free, if we wish to live in a country where we're not afraid of what our government might do if we simply express the wrong idea, then it's up to us to choose people who don't do that. Now, being this is an election year, I'm planning on doing some more episodes where I'm going to focus on elections and, and, and how they work and some of their components. And I hope that's something you'll find interesting because I think there's a lot of misinformation. I, I think there's a lot of confusion. I think we've been told a lot of things about our elections that, well, aren't exactly true, aren't entirely true. And yes, when I bring this information, I will bring proof. I will bring documentation. I will show that what I'm saying is true, or at least to the best of my ability. Ultimately, you decide. Which means ultimately you decide whether or not you're going to listen to what I say. Whether or not you're going to come back here to listen to the Constitution study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio network. Whether you're going to take the time to listen to the podcast, which shows up every day, a couple of days after an episode's heard on the radio, it generally goes to podcast. Whether or not you're going to go to your podcast app to listen. More importantly, whether you'll go and subscribe to the show. Whether you'll leave good ratings and good reviews for those episodes, especially on Apple Podcasts, so that other people can find the Constitution study. Now, if you're willing to do that, head to americaoutloud.news. Go to the homepage. You can find all the links you need to not only share America Out Loud Talk Radio, not only share the Constitution study, but to help share the blessings of liberty. Liberty. 